power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just lift up your voice. Begin to give God glory. Worship His holy name. Just thank God for your life. Thank Him for His goodness in your life. Thank Him for all that He has done for you, for your family. Just give Him glory. Just give Him glory. Just give Him glory. Just give Him praise. Bless His holy name. He is indeed the King of Kings. Thank Him for preservation. Even during these unusual times, in the name of Jesus, just thank Him, thank Him. It is a good thing to thank the Lord. Our relationship with God isn't supposed to be all about asking and asking. We need to set aside time to give Him thanks. Just give Him glory, just give Him praise, just thank Him. Yeah. 
thank you for today we thank you for this gathering because it's unto no other name but unto the name of jesus for your word says wherever two or three are gathered in your name you are there in their midst holy spirit i ask that you shall take absolute control as i'm about to speak your word may i not speak on my own accord i mean i speak as you grant me utterance by virtue of the fact that i'm a blood citizen of the kingdom of god i take authority in the realm of the spirit and i declare a supernatural injunction any activity of the enemy we declare the hearts and the minds of the people of god sanctified and made ready for them to have an encounter with their father through the word this morning to glory father to glory son to glory holy spirit in jesus most excellent name have we prayed with thanksgiving amen hallelujah oh i didn't hear your hallelujah from your home hallelujah amen we thank god for this morning and we thank god for his word how many of you are ready for the word of god it's a good thing to hear the word of god amen as previously advertised um i'm starting a new series today um the title of the series is the abundant life the abundant life the bible talks about the fact that the thief cometh not but to steal to kill and to destroy but i have come that you might have a life and have it more abundantly hallelujah abundant life doesn't necessarily mean wealth it doesn't necessarily mean riches it means living life to the fullest hallelujah fulfilling your potential living and walking in joy amen and during this series i'm going to deal with some very practical things i'm going to be more practical than theological during this series amen to deal with certain specific things and give you certain specific keys that will help you in your walk in this life amen and as advertised today i'm going to deal with a topic dealing with inferiority complex dealing with inferiority complex this thing called inferiority complex is one of the things that prevents a lot of people from reaching their fullest potential everybody was brought into the world for a purpose with a certain assignment having your name on it but a lot of people are unable to fulfill their assignment they're unable to fulfill their fullest potential simply because of this thing called inferiority complex so what is inferiority complex i searched for somebody's definition of inferiority complex and this is what i came up with it's a feelings of not measuring up to standards a doubt and uncertainty about oneself and lack of self-esteem i'll take it again it's a feeling of not measuring up to standards a doubt and uncertainty about oneself and lack of self-esteem hallelujah so that is inferiority complex now having an inferiority complex is different from you just knowing somebody is better at something than you you just knowing somebody is better at something than you and accepting it it's not inferiority complex inferiority complex is when it comes with with bad feelings it makes you feel like you are less of a human being just because somebody is better at something than you or you are not the very best at something or you don't think you are good enough at something and there are a lot of reasons why people find themselves succumbing to this thing called inferiority complex virtually the whole of the book of job was a conversation between job and some friends of his they were trying to say all sorts of things and job was trying to to counter them and, and argue things out 
and if you read job chapter 13 verse 2 job chapter 13 verse 2 at the point he had to make this statement the statement because it's like the people were talking as if they knew everything and job knew nothing he said what you know i also know i am not inferior to you hallelujah i want you to understand today that you are not inferior to anybody amen you are feeling inferior because of certain things and i'll point them out to you you are looking at certain things from certain wrong angles that is why you are feeling inferior god didn't create anybody to be inferior amen now most human beings well let me say all human beings have insecurities how many of us have insecurities like insecure about something you'll be shocked that some of the people you see and admire they have their secret insecurities quietly they are insecure about things and i believe i've mentioned it to you before one of my greatest insecurities for a while was that i was insecure about my speaking voice how my voice sounded when i when i spoke when i preached i'm sure some of you will be like what what are you talking about but trust me for years i never listened to any recording of my preaching because i didn't like the way i sounded and i realized i didn't like the way i sounded because i had certain standards in mind and the standards were standards of my my mentors or should i say my mentor my spiritual father it's like for me this is how a preacher must sound so if you don't sound like that that means there is something wrong with your voice hallelujah and that was the reason for my insecurity for many years probably close to a decade i couldn't listen to myself preach like i'll preach and people oh we are blessed and i will never listen to the playback because i felt i didn't sound a particular way so what broke this insecurity the same person i used as my standard whose voice i thought was the standard of preaching voices and speaking voices one day we were speaking on the phone and he said leslie i wish i had this voice of yours i was like oh really me that i think your voice is the standard you are saying <laughs> and for me that, that that was it i realized i i was just using a wrong measure and because of that i felt insecure for years about my voice now there are a lot of people with all sorts of insecurities a lot of things people are insecure about moses had this insecurity when god called him let's read exodus chapter 4 verse 10 to 13 let's read exodus chapter 4 verse 10 to 13 it says but moses pleaded with the lord when god called him that i want you to go and do so so and so and so he said moses pleaded with the lord oh lord i am not very good with words and i'm sure a lot of you listening to me can identify with moses that you are not a good speaker you cannot talk he said i have never been and i am not now even though you have spoken to me and you see this this were all after a burning bush experience like you've had god reveal himself to you in this powerful manner in this, but the insecurity was still there that's how insecurities are it's part of the fact that so many things are going well for you and all of that secretly and silently there'll be something you are insecure about he said even though you have spoken to me how many people get to hear god and even see manifestations of god like the way moses did he said i get tongue-tied and my words get tangled it's like i'm not eloquent verse 11 
He said, then the Lord asked Moses, I believe at this time God was beginning to get angry with him. That look, I'm showing you things to make you know that this thing you can do it. And you are giving me all sorts of reasons. He said, then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? When God starts asking you questions like this, it means he's not happy with you. Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? God was making some very serious statements here. He said, who makes the person's mouth? So that your mouth that you think is too big. That your mouth that you think is not slender enough. All because you are looking at some celebrity's mouth and thinking this is the standard mouth. And since I don't have that kind of mouth, it means there is something wrong with my mouth. Because of that, you are thinking of having plastic surgery at a particular point in time. Have you seen people who have had plastic surgery? Some of them, it doesn't come out well. It's what we call from frying pan to fire. You think you are bad, but by the time you finish, because the plastic surgeon is not God. Hallelujah. We thank God for plastic surgery, but they are not God. Amen. He said, who decides whether people speak or do not speak? That means it's God who decides whether somebody can talk or the person cannot talk. And he said, hear or do not hear. Another version said, is it not I who created the deaf and the dumb? That's a very serious statement. God says he created the deaf and the dumb. Why are you worried about the fact that you cannot talk? Why are you worried about the fact that you can't? I, I created people like that. And to see or know, that means they're blind too. There was a blind man and somebody asked. He said, who sinned for this man in Jesus' time? He said, who sinned for this man to be blind? He said, no, nobody sinned. He was created for the glory of God to be revealed in a time like this. Hallelujah. So some of the bodily defects and things, are, he's trying to tell us that, that some of them, he decided what his reasons are, we do not know. But the Bible says his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. He decided the shape of your head. He decided that you have a round head. He decided that the back of your head is long. The one we call a tikopo. A medical term is dolikokephali. He decided that you have that one and you are insecure about it. Some people they keep plenty hair not because they want to keep plenty hair, they are hiding the shape of their heads because they know when they remove the hair, what people will see, they themselves are not secure about it. But you see, for all you know, it is the day you take that hair off that people would rather say, Charlie, you are looking nice, but you have created standards in your head. That you are living by. Hallelujah. The next verse. So God was schooling Moses now. He said now go. And you realize that the go has an exclamation mark. That means the old man was getting irritated and agitated. He said now go. Hurry up. Get out of here. I've shown you plenty things and you are still talking the way you are talking. Come on go. I will be with you as you speak. And I will instruct you in what to say. The next verse was what killed me. Upon all that God has said. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. You see the power of insecurity. <laughs> All this lecture God has given. I created your mouth. I created. He said, go, I'll be with you. He said, Lord, please send somebody else. So you see people who look like they have everything together and all of that. But deep inside their insecurities are there. Gideon had this insecurity. When God called him. He said, mighty man of Villa. I'm sure he, he said, where is the mighty man? He was trying to see whether there was some other man 
standing behind him. Who is there? My me, Gideon. And his insecurity was because of his background. He started giving God his genealogy. My tribe is the least, and my home is the least, and this and this and that. His insecurity was because of his background. And, and there are some people, they are insecure about their background. They are insecure about where they are coming from. Jeremiah also had this insecurity. When God called Jeremiah, he said, Lord, but I am a youth. You think God didn't know his age? He thinks God has missed things up. God thought maybe he's a 50-year-old man or something. God knew his age and called him. But he felt he was too young. So, people have insecurities. Let me go through a few things that can cause people to feel inferior or cause people to be insecure. The first one I want to talk about is looks. How you look. There are a lot of people who are insecure about the way they look. They feel they don't define what beauty is. But beauty is one of the things nobody has been able to fully define. Really, nobody has been able to give a comprehensive definition of beauty that fits every situation and the reason is simple beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder hallelujah you see a man boasting about his wife oh my queen this this you are looking and say hey queen bang which which queen are you talking about what a queen what a queen but the man is is crazy like it's like for him that is the standard that is the standard my wife was telling me a friend of hers, in fact, a cousin of hers, she made a certain thing. She said she, she thinks if, when we talk about the definition of beauty, it is hair. The day I saw her, I was like, hey, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> People have different standards altogether. Not that she was ugly or anything, but she said those days, they were in school together, and she was like, no, she, when it comes to beauty, she believes she's a, but it's a good attitude to have. Hallelujah. No, nobody must be able to bring you down. Nobody must be able to bring you down. So people are insecure about their looks. How they look. For some people, their problem is that they feel they are not tall enough. All because they have it at the back of their minds that, oh, handsomeness must go with some form of height of some sort. And it's because of things you have listened to, things you have watched, the, the kind of company you have kept, you know, your standards are determined a lot by the people around you and the people you listen to. A lot of females, a lot of ladies, their idea of who a handsome man is, is determined by the friends they had around them in their teenage years. Because those are the times that they do, Ooh, he's fine, he's this, he's that. You know, those things, the girly things. And you realize your friends have a certain idea okay the person should be this and this and then and you create the standard for yourself okay this is how a handsome man should look like and the guys too depending on the friends you have there are guys who want skinny women there are others too who want women who are very endowed <laughs> but you realize there's no single standard anywhere there's no single standard anywhere i want to show you some pictures you realize that when you move into certain cultures, the ideas of beauty, that's some of the pictures I'll show you. If they give you those women to marry, if God even comes to stand there and tells you this is your wife, you say it is not God. He <laughs> says it's a familiar spirit that is manifesting and trying to deceive you into a lifetime of unhappiness. But culturally, 
in their culture what you are about to see is the definition of what beauty is you see the picture i'm showing you you see how long her neck is yeah in her tribe the definition of beauty is how long your neck is so the moment you are born they start putting rings on your neck so that your neck grows in a longitudinal manner i saw another picture of another woman from the same tribe the neck was like twice this one she actually looked like a snake like very very long neck and for them that is the definition of beauty if you see this woman walking towards you in the night you may start binding and losing and thinking this is a spirit from the pits of hell coming to torment your life but in her city or in her village when she's coming they hail her as a beautiful woman i'm just trying to show you that there's no single definition of beauty anywhere so you must consider yourself as beautiful hallelujah give me the next picture now look at this particular one you see the the lower lip the way the lower lip has has a hole in it like that Uh uh-huh for them to their tribe that is is beauty because it's it's supposed to be a hole that will take the plate that's the next picture yes let's see the next picture so when they create the hole like that they put a plate in it and that is a sign of beauty in ghana if you come around with this and for for this to be done if you realize in this picture they have to take out your lower teeth all your lower teeth must be taken out forcefully to make way for the plate and for them when, when you put the plate in it's like you have worn gucci you have worn some designer clothes that is what makes them beautiful but if you should be brought transposed from her culture and brought into our culture this woman if they say if you marry her you'll get one million dollars there are a lot of guys who rather go and do sakawa <laughs> and suffer in life rather than to live in the same house with this woman but in her place in her village she's this thing is considered beauty hallelujah so what i want you to 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 understand and appreciate is that there is no one standard for beauty there's no one standard for beauty you think the great creator himself will create something bad the bible says when god created he looked at everything and he said it was good i believe when god created you too, he looked at you and said this is good hallelujah but you are not confident in yourself because you have created certain standards in your mind but today i encourage you to believe that once you are a creation of god once you are created by god you are fearfully and wonderfully made hallelujah somebody like the apostle paul i read the description of paul and i was like wow probably that's why he decided he married because paul wasn't a, a good looking man by the standards we have around he wasn't he wasn't he's not somebody you know four feet tall four feet tall would be like a 10 year old boy's height or something like that they said he had bow legs that's why he his he was he was that short they said his head was unusually big and there was unusually large space between his two eyebrows such a person should be so insecure he shouldn't even be able to come out let alone become one of the most prominent men in history but what did paul do he looked at his strengths 
and he accentuated his strengths in spite of the fact that he may not have been the definition of handsome or good looking paul had some certain things going for him and one of them was the fact that he was a very good orator he could speak there was a place he went with his partner when they finished speaking the people said look this these people are gods they say you you are hermes the way you can talk like your oratory skills are too you know too much you are not a human being how can a human being talk like that how can you have vibes like you've you've convinced us it's like and that ability was needed because they were propounding foundational doctrines and they had to make arguments paul was an extremely intelligent man he was a student of the law so if you bring it to modern days you'll probably be a legal practitioner a prosecutor that's how come he was chasing people and killing people who make a case against you by the jewish laws and they'll prosecute you and kill you so paul was like a lawyer more or less a very very intelligent man you know anointed could preach he could teach heal the sick raise the dead so he was basking in his strengths amen and not looking at his looks so looks is one of the areas some people are insecure about their color their skin color they feel they are too dark and so they need to do some maintenance and cause certain changes to take place some people when you ask them they, they say oh it's like their current color is not their real one so they are using the things to restore factory settings more or less. if that is the truth fine i mean maybe for a while you know this is and things have become some way so it's 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 okay but if it's because you don't like the original color god gave to you so you want to look like a white woman to the extent that there are people who are addicted to makeup they can't come out of their rooms without makeup it's like even if it's an emergency they will have to look for pawns they will have to look for some eyeshadow they have to do something before they come out because they feel their natural faces don't look good enough there are a lot of celebrities you see around they are suffering from those things that's why now when celebrities post their no makeup pictures it trends like that because everybody wants to see what they look like when they wake up somebody advised that before you marry a woman visit her early in the morning before she, she has had her bath and see the real face you'll be seeing by your side for the rest of your life then you decide whether this is what i want or not so color some people are not but you see there's no definition somebody might think for you to look good you must be fair i've met people like that who think it's like this it's fairness i had a friend all the ladies he liked in his lifetime were fair ladies but he married a dark lady because you reach a certain age you realize that it is not about the color it's not the color you are marrying it's a human being it's, it's the, the soul the heart of the person that matters he married a dark way everybody was shocked because his past history had fair 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 so everybody said oh this guy is going to end up with a fair lady he did not end up with a fair lady so there are people who have ideas that you have to be fair and there are some too they believe you must be dark I've met ladies who are like fair, fair man. Mm -hmm. You said the fair men, one, they like women too much. They are not trustworthy. So I don't want a fair man. (laughs) So people have different ideas, different ideas. So you to have your own idea and believe that you are the definition of beauty. Hallelujah. You are the definition of handsomeness. 
this gap that people have in their tooth i know there are people who are looking for dentists to seal it for them and the others who are looking for dentists to create it for them oh you see plastic surgeons eh, their daily bread is created from the insecurities of people the day people stop being insecure plastic surgeons the cosmetic ones they will stop getting work all they'll do is to do reconstructive things for bands and things like that somebody is complaining that their shape is some way somebody is complaining they are too big and so they are jogging to slim somebody to says they are too slim so they are eating <laughs> oh my god i was surprised one day i met a lady she said she this six pack six pack things guys she doesn't like oh at least there should be something there to show that you have the potential for prosperity <laughs> And it's, it's true. Actually, in research, in research, there's something we call associations. The degree of association is like how, how associated the two things are. You carry out a research and find out the association between millionaire status and six pack. And do another one, association and pot belly. It will be a clear difference. <laughs> what it means is that having a pot belly if you have a pot belly the chances of being rich are higher that doesn't mean six pack people cannot be rich hallelujah yeah somebody said how many millionaires have you seen with six pack he said the six pack people they are hustlers those macho boys that don't have anything else in life they'll go and lift metal and have six pack and when politicians want people to do a luta hey 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 then they go and carry them go and carry ballot box this is uh, that is all they are useful for have you seen somebody with a nice pot belly being called to go and do a luta before? No, the person has his job, he has his everything already, he is secure. So whether it's six pack or the advantages are there for all of them. Hallelujah. Yeah, don't be insecure about your looks. Every morning look into the mirror and say, Yeah, I look good. Yeah, I look good. So looks. Another thing people are insecure about is their background, where they are coming from. Some people are insecure about their tribe they are from. Simply because there are certain stigmata associated with their tribe. Oh, these people, they are like this. They say, God, people are aggressive. If you do, they'll tell, So, uh, somebody may be insecure to say, but me, I am a gentle girl boy. Hallelujah. I'm a girl from British Accra. Jamestown to be precise. Amen. Yeah. People are insecure about their background. Ethnicity. Some people, the, the kind of family they are coming from. They believe their family is not a, a, what you call, a prominent family. So, oh, they are just not. But you see, those prominent families, those families with name, you know there are certain names, they open doors. When you have that same name and you enter certain doors, they open doors automatically. When you go deep into history, it wasn't there. It wasn't like that all the time. It was one person who broke through for the rest of the family. Even if you are from some village somewhere, even if you are from an insignificant family, believe that you are the one who opened the door and break the, the, the gates open so that when people are associated with that name from your generation downwards, it will open doors for them. Hallelujah. There are places where you enter and your surname is Mandela. 
Oh, you even before you know, it may be even play ticket cry, you get it for free just because of one man. But when you read the history of Nelson Mandela, he didn't start off like that, came from a very humble home, no prominent, not from a royal family, nothing. He came from a village called Inviso, which has now become a tourist attraction because Mandela died and he's been buried there. So people go there, a small, insignificant village in Ghana. If you mention Nkrofo. Kwame Nkrumah comes to mind straight away. Gideon was talking about his family background and everything. After God used him, you think if somebody associated himself with Gideon, it would be the same. It just took one person to break that chain and change that destiny. My prayer is that you will be that person. You will be that prominent person who, who, who will give a name to the children after you. That will open doors for them. Hallelujah. So nobody, many of those families didn't start like that. Even Jesus wasn't born into a prominent family. Nathaniel said, when they said Jesus was from Nazareth, he said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? There's a lot of history about why that statement was made, but I'm not, I'm not going to go into it. He said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Really? Messiah? Nazareth? No, 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 no. It's not possible. Maybe your town is associated with something. Too much juju. Or people not excelling in life and things that are bad, you your story will be different. And after you, the story is going to change. Hallelujah. Insecurities about background. Another area people are insecure about is intelligence. When it comes to intelligence and educational background. Sometimes people feel like, oh, because me, I didn't reach a certain level of education, I'm inferior. Your having less education doesn't make you inferior in any way. You know what the problem with our educational system is? We have chosen one way of assessing everybody. Meanwhile, God didn't create everybody one way. God is too creative to create everybody one way. But we have chosen one way to assess everybody. We have chosen one line to assess everybody. If you are to be considered intelligent, it means you should be able to work some mathematics. You should be able to do algebra, arithmetic, uh, trigonometry. You must be able to do sokatwa and board mass. Then, we, then we, we, we classify you as intelligent. Even in some places, eh, inherently, they consider the science students to be more intelligent than the arts and the business students. And I don't get the sense in that at all. Hallelujah. Some schools, some GHS schools will say, oh, those who had this grade, yeah, they can do science and they can... It's not everybody who is meant to be a scientist. It's not everybody who is meant to be a business person. Hallelujah. Intelligence is more than book knowledge. It is way, way more than... Look, it takes intelligence to sew a dress and put it on somebody and the dress doesn't fall off. It takes intelligence to weave artificial hair onto somebody's head so that when you lay hands on the head the wig doesn't come out it's intelligence i like to stand and watch artisans working like capitalists and sometimes i get amazed at some of the things they are able to do maybe they'll tell oh, i'm going to do this i wonder how are they going to do it but they do it and do it this one if you give it to me in spite of my science and my whatever that i've learned giving me a thousand years i'll not be able to do it so let's not define intelligence wrongly our definition, what we call intelligence, is, is a wrong definition of intelligence. It is limiting what intelligence is supposed to be. 
Hallelujah. A cosmetologist will give you the right combination of creams and things, and your acne and those things will just disappear, and you will start looking like. Have you seen a makeovers? Before and after, you will think they are God. Transform somebody they can decide that by the makeup, I'll give you a longer nose than. When people see you, they think your nose is longer. Meanwhile, it's just some shadows and things. It is intelligence. This mixing of the, uh, what do you call it? Cosmetics and things. Somebody who might say, I'm brilliant in chemistry. You'll go and mix it and you put it on your face and you will look like a dragon. Somebody said, dragon. Look like a dragon. <laughs> Intelligence has, has been limited. It's, it's broader than that. That some people, it's, it's musical. It's like they just have the, you know. I believe the educational system should be changed such that people's abilities must be noticed and people must be taught in that direction. It's not everybody who can sit in class and listen and absorb. There are some people, their way of learning is, is through pictures. So you need to show them films. You need to show them things. There are some people too, they hear better, they listen better. That's why somebody developed what, what they call the Montessori system. Where you look at the abilities of the child, the interests of the child, and you fashion the syllable. So everybody is learning the same things, but they are all learning in different ways. That is a proper Montessori. In Ghana, there are very few schools that are actually practicing Montessori. They add the name Montessori so that they can charge you big. But they are not actually practicing the, the real Montessori. The real Montessori, all the children will not sit in the same class. They separate them according to They realize that, no, this person is creative with his hands. So we'll teach you maths, but we'll use creative ways to teach it. Somebody can hear and absorb. There are some people, they have photographic memory. You say, no, they can repeat it. You know, those kind of But we have created a system where it is those who can retain information. They are the ones that are considered as intelligent, especially in, in, in our Ghanaian educational system. If you can keep things in your head and reproduce. But it's not everybody who has that ability. There are very, very intelligent people who don't have that ability. I've seen very, very intelligent people who know everything but mathematics. Put figures together for them and they are confused. It's because that one too is a, it's a different, you see, it's part of the dynamism or the dynamic nature of intelligence. So our systems must be changed because it's creating a lot of inferiority complex. If you can't keep information in your head and reproduce, then it means, oh, you are not that intelligent. And what we are doing is that it's like you are judging a fish by its ability to climb a tree. You are judging a fish by its ability to climb a tree. So you say, oh, fish, you are not good because climbing a tree is difficult. You can't even get to level 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 two on the trees what do you call it just like somebody can can't make it past shs and we say the person is not intelligent meanwhile it's a fish and if you put that same fish in water that's when you see its abilities and see its beauty take a monkey and put a monkey in water and say monkey let's see how best you can swim monkey will chop last but if you put the monkey on a tree, oh, I'm at home. I would dance and jump and, you know, do all sorts of acrobatics on the, on the, on the tree. That is how flawed our educational system is. That is why a country like Finland, they are moving away from the conventional way of doing school. 
Finland schools, there's no homework. There's no examination. Yes. They say examination breeds unhealthy competition. They would rather promote teamwork than promote unhealthy competition. So, no examination, no homework. But their educational system is ranked one of the best in the world. Can you come to Ghana and say, school, no examination? Ah, no, 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 no. We'll put 80% of the marks on the exam. And all that you have done for six years, <laughs> it's just a small percentage of it. Exam. Because somebody wants to feel like, Charlie, if you joke, I will fail you. Your, your life is in my hands. We place everything in one person's hands. A few people's hands. And in a few minutes. Look at the way clinical exams are done in, in medical school. At least now they are even doing the OSCE. Where, you know, it's more objective. But those days where you just be given a case. Somebody comes, examines you. Decides that, no, you have said one thing that I don't like. So you have failed the entire exam. And you repeat the class. Or you are referred. And other people look at you like, oh... God is there, you know. <laughs> they try to console you and start, as if you are not intelligent. No, it's not because you are not intelligent, it's because of the system. It's because of the system. These things are creating people who feel inferior. But today I want to challenge you that have your own system in your mind. Hallelujah. Have your own system in your mind. Have your own system of what beauty is supposed to be. Some people must, must search for where their strengths are and focus on those strengths. There are a lot of people, they are doing courses that they, they have no business doing. Oh, just because you used to do well and so they say go and do medicine. Meanwhile, you know in your heart, you don't like it. You're supposed to be doing something else. You're supposed to be doing business or something. A lot of those people in medical school, you see, then they are selling this here. They are selling, most of them, they were not supposed to have been in medical school. They're supposed to be doing by and selling somewhere. If they are concentrated on that, they'll be millionaires by now. I want to be called doctor with a stethoscope around your neck. And now COVID-19 is coming, you're afraid. If you're a businessman, you'll be walking and, you know, still chopping money, <laughs> doing online business and things. Hallelujah. Yeah. So people are into things that they are not supposed to be doing. A lot of people must re-examine their lives and redirect Choose their areas of strength. And you realize that you are a much better person than you've always seen yourself to be. When a child is growing up, the parents pump into the head. You, you must be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. What if the child doesn't have the abilities for any of these three? If the child ends up doing something else, then it means you have failed in life. All these mentalities must be changed. Our educational system must be changed. If I'm made minister of education, which will never happen, I would overhaul the entire educational system. Hallelujah. The entire educational system will be overhauled. This true and poor pass and forget mentality must go. That's why we are, we are unable to invent things. Because we don't really have an understanding of the things. You've blown, you've had first class, everything. But you don't really understand whatever you did. Because there was a system in place. The moment you catch the system and understand the system, you'll be the best in the class. The way we set our MCQs and things like that, somebody can decide, somebody who is good at keeping information, just one night will cram everything 
come and blow the exam the person will collect all the prizes and everything but three four days later can't remember anything we must change our educational system so looks background social class intelligence stroke educational background these are things that make people feel insecure so how do we deal with our insecurities and how do we deal with inferiority complex one of the things that gives birth to inferiority complex is failure when you fail at something it makes you feel insecure makes you feel inferior to others who have done the same thing and passed so the first point on how to deal with inferiority complex is to deal with your failures deal with your failures deal with your failures if you're feeling inferior and it is born out of failure deal with the failure how do i mean what do i mean by dealing with the failure examine the failure look at why you failed it could be that that thing you are trying your hands at you failed once failed twice failed three times you are actually not made for it you are trying something your system was not made for you better go and try something else because if you are not made for it you will do and do and do and do and you will just be killing your spirit like that hallelujah examine your failures analyze why you failed and deal with the failure if it is something you have an ability for but maybe you didn't work hard enough then work hard and go back if there are certain things you didn't put right put those things right and go back but if you analyze and realize that this thing i am not meant for it and i'm still trying i'm still knocking on the door it's not working redirect quickly hallelujah sometimes you may end up disappointing certain people who want you in a certain area who want you in a certain direction but at the end of the day it is your life hallelujah it is your life there are a lot of people who don't have a clear vision for their lives and because of that they end up living out the dreams and ambitions of their superiors in the field of medicine it can very easily happen you go into a specialty maybe you have a boss who is a research oriented person you are not research oriented because the person is your boss the person's assessment of you is based on the things they like so the boss naturally will make you feel if they realize ah, you are not interested in research you are not this, this, this things will be said that will make it look like you are not serious and so in order not to be made to feel that way you are forced into something you don't like that's why everybody must examine themselves know themselves and understand themselves and have an idea of what your purpose is in life because you see, where there's no vision you take the path of least resistance and that is what is happening to a lot of people you just choose the path of least resistance where you don't feel you don't face a lot of resistance okay if they say this let me just do it for them let me do it for this and you end up in something that you are not happy about a lot of people are living out the dreams and the ambitions of their superiors but that must not be your story you must have your own personal ambitions. you say no this is not the area i want to i want to venture into this one rather i want to go here and go here and you'll be happier in life that way 
there are people who go to work every day they are making money all right but they are not happy simply because they had no vision and they moved through the path of least resistance where they will face the least resistance and they ended up with something that is completely different from what they are supposed to be doing deal with your failures two one of the things that causes inferiority complex is unnecessary comparison unnecessary comparison avoid unnecessary comparison avoid unnecessary comparison avoid unnecessary comparison the bible says those who compare themselves among themselves are not wise they are not wise it is not wisdom to be comparing yes it is good to look at certain people and use them to challenge yourself but that's different from comparison You think you are not handsome because you are looking at somebody and comparing yourself to him. You think you are not intelligent because you are looking at somebody and comparing yourself to him or her. Comparison. Avoid unnecessary comparison. And this applies to all aspects of life. Relationships. Marriage. There are people who are not happy in their relationships because they are comparing their relationship with another relationship. There are spouses who are not happy with their spouses because they are comparing their spouse to somebody else. And you see, when you start comparison like that, whatever the person will do, once it doesn't reach that, it's like a person hasn't done anything. So you end up and you're always complaining. You're always lamenting. And you are not this and you are not that. And you are not this and you are not that and you are not this. And in the process, you are making yourself more and more unattractive. That's how a lot of relationships begin to disintegrate. Oh, can't you see this person? This is how this person does. On Valentine's Day, this person did this. this, this, this. As for you, dear dog, <laughs> you don't know what's up. <laughs> comparison. Comparison ruins a lot of things. It makes a lot of people feel inferior. So avoid unnecessary comparison. Number three. One of the things that causes inferiority complex is when we are looking at other people's strengths but not focusing on our own strengths look everybody has strengths so everybody has gifts everybody has abilities you are not a mystique they talk about the billion sperm race there's a reason why one particular sperm and you see god's sovereignty is such that he has a hand in all of those things. it's not by chance that that particular sperm. if another had one you probably would have come out a female but God decided that it's this one that must win because you must come out as a male. And because that, that particular sperm won, you came out looking the way you look. You came out sounding the way you sound. You came out behaving the way you behave. There, there is a reason. There is a reason. Concentrate on your strengths. Everybody has a strength somewhere. Everybody has a strength somewhere. I've said it before that Israel was afraid of the Philistines because Israel was failing to look at their own strengths. That's what a lot of people look. The person may be more, maybe prettier than you by your standards of pretty, but maybe you too, you cook better than the person. You may say, Let's cook right now. We'll see whose cooking is beautiful. So you have some strength somewhere, you have some ability somewhere. You have some ability somewhere. Look at your own strength. There was a time I was watching TV and they were interviewing Cristiano Ronaldo. 
And he was speaking English and making grammatical errors. But I realized I didn't feel a certain way about his the bombs he was throwing. But if a Ghanaian footballer is interviewed and he's saying the people doesn't know that we can play, <laughs> I'll start to feel <laughs> to feel a certain way. <laughs> and I realized it's because in my mind. English is not Cristiano Ronaldo's first language. It's supposed to be Portuguese. But the Ghanaian player to Chi is his first language. Ga is his first language. Ewa is his first language. Why is it that I'm feeling a certain way? You see, mentalities. <laughs> mentalities. Is Ga not a language like Portuguese? Is Chi not a language like Portuguese? We, we need to, to, to accept our strengths. We need to accept our strengths. When everything we are looking out out to abroad for solutions for everything. Let me show you something in First Samuel chapter 13, verse 19 to 22. I'll just make a quick point and then we'll close. Now I was talking about Israel in the time of Saul. And those days the Philistines really had their hand over Israel. Israel couldn't stand the Philistines. And this was the reason. He said there were no blacksmiths in the land of Israel. Blacksmiths are people who work with metal. There were no blacksmiths in the land of, of Israel in those days. The Philistines wouldn't allow them. So the Philistines put in a mechanism, I don't know how, to ensure that Israel didn't have their own blacksmiths. And you see, it's these blacksmiths that made the swords and the things they used to fight. So if we ensure that these people don't have blacksmiths, we always have superior weapons and we always have our hands on them. Is that for fear they will make swords and spears for the Hebrews. Next. It says, so whenever the Israelites needed to sharpen their plowshares, picks, axes, sickles, they had to take them to a Philistine blacksmith. This is Africa. You know, there's something we call the system. The system has created a system where Africans are almost totally dependent on foreign aid. Foreigners to help it. That's a similar situation you're talking about. You don't have blacksmiths, so you need to come to us. And listen to what the next verse is. So they had to go to them to sharpen their things for them. It said, the charges were as follows. A quarter of an ounce of silver for sharpening a plowshare or a pick and an eighth of an ounce for sharpening an axe. A sickle or an axe goat. Next. So on the day of battle, none of the people of Israel had a sword or spear except for Saul and Jonathan. One, we'll create a situation where you'll be dependent on us. And when you come to, we will charge you. We don't make our own cars here. You know, it's cheaper to have a car. It's easier to have a car if you're in the US than in Ghana. Why? Because when they ship it here, there is duty that you pay, which is almost the price of the car, the way you bought it, if it's salvage and things like that. So it's easier to own a car in the US than in Ghana. It's a similar situation they are created. We will create a situation where you, you need to pay a lot to have it. So you can't be on our level. But if we will look within us, and you see, this COVID-19, I like what is creating we are now looking within and realizing we have the ability to do certain things. We are creating our own face masks. 
Now look at the beautiful, the face masks we have in Ghana, they are even nicer than the European one. Look at the designs, the beautiful African cloth. You have black and red and things like that. You won't see such things in Europe. Hallelujah. And they are working. And the good thing is that those ones you can wash and reuse. The ones in the hospitals, you can't wash, you can't reuse. So we are being forced to be innovative. The coveralls and things, factories in Ghana have been mandated and they are producing them. We started producing our own hand sanitizers. Meanwhile, all the hand sanitizers were imported before. Senegal has created a, a fast, what do you call it, um, test kit. I hear KNUS2 has matched them. They've done the same thing. Situations are forcing us to concentrate on our strengths rather than looking outside. That was the problem with Israel in those days. A system was created where they had to depend on the Philistines. And you can't be better than the master. They will create a system where, look at right, they put the prizes such that you can't even come and do the thing. So you come and fight with wooden swords and wooden spears and a wooden sword against a metal sword. You don't stand a chance. And this is the reason why when Goliath came and he was saying all sorts of things, the Israelites were afraid. Because they knew when it came to weaponry and things like that, they didn't have anybody who could match Goliath. They were talking about bronze spears and bronze shields, and then these people they didn't have blacksmiths, so they were probably using wooden swords. They said the only people who had swords were Saul and Jonathan, the king and his son. Because the thing has been made so expensive that you cannot afford it. But you see, Israel should have sat down and looked at their own strengths, and that battle would have been so easy. They were looking at the father, hey, these people have this, these people have this, this people, and we don't have any, and they were all shaking. This is a, they, are, they were all victims of the system. That thing called the system. They were victims of the system. We can't beat these people, no. And you see, when you're a victim of the system, you think like the system. You don't think outside the box. So, oh, the only way we can fight them, we meet in the valley. They say, charge, we all meet. Pa, 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 we fight. And of course, they have superior weapons. They'll kill you. But you see, they had a strength that they refused to look at. And that is how a lot of people and a lot of groups of people who feel inferior in life behave. You are looking at the strengths of somebody else and feeling inferior to the person. Meanwhile, you have strengths of your own. What was the strength of the Israelites? You see, these people had strength for hand combat. Face-to-face, man-to-man combat. The Israelites couldn't have matched them. But you see, there are other ways of fighting for which you don't need metals. This people's strength was in what we call infantry, hand combat, because they had superior swords and superior spears and superior shields. But in military, you have the infantry, we have the cavalry. Infantry are the full soldiers. We have the cavalry, which are the horsemen, and the artillery. Artillery, we are talking about those who fire from afar. They don't have to come near you. And in those days, the artillery was made up of the archers and the slingshot people. Those who could make the slingshot. So Israel was poor when it came to infantry because they didn't have the swords. But with the slingshot, all you need is a string and a stone. You don't need a metal. Even arrows, you can use wood to make arrows that can kill. And that was Israel's strength, but they were looking at the fact that when it comes to infantry, when it comes to hand combat, they were inferior to the people. 
why am i saying israel had an advantage when it came to artillery it was a culture with the people of the tribe of benjamin to train people who were very skilled with artillery archery like throwing um, arrows and then throwing slingshots and some of these people were part of the army of israel even earlier in judges chapter 20 verse 16 let's see what judges chapter 20 verse 16 said he said among benjamin's elite troops 700 were left-handed i wonder how they were able to get 700 left-handed people get getting even one left-handed person in a classroom is <laughs> difficult 700 left-handed and each of them could sling a rock that means a stone in the sling like that and hit a target within a hair's breadth without missing that means one hair strand like that if you put it that left-handed man will put a slingshot and hit it without missing who needs swords to go and fight the people on the ground one to one when you can stand far away and use this to kill them somebody will argue that oh this one was long ago but let's read first chronicles chapter 12 verse 1 to 2 you realize that even during Saul's time they still had people like that and some of them were Saul's relatives He said the following men joined David. These were people who defected from Saul's camp after Saul died and joined David. That means while Saul was alive, these people were in his camp. He said the following men joined David at Ziglag while he was hiding from Saul's son of Kish. They were among the warriors who fought beside David in battle. Next verse. He said all of them were expert archers. Archers are people who throw arrows expert we're not just archers expert archers and Saul was on the tribe of Benjamin and they could shoot arrows or sling stones with their left hand as well as their right so this one higher level the one in judges were left hand these ones were ambidextrous they could fire with the left and fire with the right may an ambidextrous anointing come upon you where you you strike from the left and strike from the right he said from the left as their right and they were all relatives of Saul from the tribe of Benjamin and these people were in Saul's army at the time the Philistines were making all that noise and causing Israel to fear your own relatives with these abilities all because they were looking at the strengths of their opponents and not at their own strengths there's a certain strength you have which you are not looking at there's a certain ability you have that you are not concentrating on. You are just looking at somebody's strengths and it is making you inferior. My prayer for you is that God will open your eyes to your strengths today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. But thank God in all this confusion and all this inferiority, there was a man who had a different spirit called David. And David was not part of the system. He came from outside the system. He wasn't trained in Saul's army, so he didn't have a, a certain kind of mentality. The way they were thinking that will battle there is just we just meet and pa 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 and stuff like that. That he was out of the system. So it took somebody from outside the system to come and solve their problem. He didn't go to their military school. His military school was Psalm one forty four verse one. I'll show you that was his military school. He said, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. That was David's military school. While they were learning this, that, that, that military school, 
God himself was his military, his general, teaching him how to fight and giving him practicals. One day bear, another day lion, teaching him to fight. The man was from, he wasn't from the system. It took a man who was not in the system and thinking like the system to come and change the entire situation. I pray that God will raise people who don't think conventionally. God will raise people who think outside the box. People who are prepared to experiment. People who are prepared to to break tradition. One of the problems in this continent of Africa is the fact that we respect tradition too much. Always we say, oh, this is how it is done. This is how our fathers did it. This is how our ancestors did it. Meanwhile, there's a new idea. That is why we don't invent anything. How you met it, preserve it the same way. But the white man is thinking of ways of making it better. I pray that God will raise out of the system people. And people who will think out of the box. People who come out with innovations in ministry, in in education, in health, whatever. There are inventions with your name on it waiting to manifest. But you are looking at the white man. When they say COVID-19, cure. 99% 99% of the earth was looking for at the west. Why won't we think about Africa? We can do it. Madagascar says they've gotten a cure, but people don't believe because it's Madagascar. There are abilities in you that need to be unearthed. Stop looking at somebody else and look within and see what God has placed in you. There are innovations that are waiting to be birthed, ministries waiting to be birth things that people have not seen before the last way of dealing with insecurities and inferiority complex silence the voice of the devil and believe what god says about you because sometimes the inferiority complex is because the devil speaks things into your mind and into your ears oh you are not beautiful you will never make it you will never be married you see, you are not like those people who are virgins because you went and misbehaved. There are people who feel inferior simply because they lost their virginity. The Bible says, behold, I make all things new. You believe in Christ, he makes all things new. Hallelujah. There's no need to feel inferior so long as you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. That mistake is forgiven and forgotten. Silence the voice of the devil and believe what God says about you. The collision of that sperm and that egg was not a mistake. The moment an egg is fertilized, it is not just life that begins, but a destiny is born. Why am I saying that? God told Jeremiah, when you were in your mother's womb, a clot of blood in your mother's womb, I knew you and I ordained you. That means ordination you know, is not just about wearing a cassock. God ordains people from the womb when they've not even developed bones yet. Believe what God says about you. It was said of Esther. He said you were created for a time such as this. There's a reason why God put you in this century. There's a reason why God put you in this decade. There's a reason why God placed you in your family. There's a reason why God placed you among a certain group of people. There's a reason. My prayer for you is that you will seek you'll find and you'll fulfill your God-given destiny.
and today we rebuke any voice of the enemy that speaks negativity into your mind that brings you down that makes you feel like you are not worthy that makes you feel like you are not beautiful that makes you feel like you are not worthy of ministry you are not even worthy for God to use you those voices that cause you to have depression we rebuke those voices right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth we silence every voice that puts you down every voice that causes you to doubt yourself in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth voices that people have spoken into your life in the past that keep re-echoing we erase those voices and we silence them today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth negative comments that people have passed that have broken your confidence we command the power of the Holy Ghost to be superimposed upon the power of those voices right now in the mighty name of Jesus maybe somebody you respect told you that this thing you cannot do it and because of that you feel inferior today in the name of Jesus we superimpose that voice with the voice of Jehovah that says you are fearfully and wonderfully made that voice that tells you that you are not beautiful have you ever seen a king who lives in a house that is not beautiful most villages most towns when you go the most beautiful place most beautiful house is the house of the king and your body is the house of the king of kings and the lord of laws it cannot be an ugly house it cannot be a house that is not pleasant to look at i pray for a change and a mental shift and a paradigm shift in your mind lift up your voice begin to pray begin to deal with the insecurities you have in life right now in the name of jesus pray that god will reorient your mind that you begin to appreciate the great things that god has given to you that you begin to appreciate the good things that god has in store for you in the name of jesus christ of nazareth we africans have been bad head to toe in inferiority complex but the african is not inferior we are intelligent we are innovative there are a lot of things we can do we just need to shift our minds and shift our focuses just lift up your voices just lift up your voice begin to pray right now in the name of jesus christ of nazareth that voice that puts you down all the time that makes you unable to break out that makes you unable to come out let it be silenced in the name of jesus the effect of that failure upon your life let that effect be broken right now in the name of jesus christ of nazareth the word of the lord says the joy of the lord is my strength let the joy of the lord be your portion in the name of jesus christ of nazareth father in the name of jesus we thank you we give you glory thank you for this word father we pray that this word will be cemented deep down in our spirits let the power of inferiority complex be broken of our lives today in the name of jesus christ of nazareth i pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will have the holy spirit ministering to him or her and reminding them of the great things the glorious things and the marvelous things that you have done in their lives the great beautiful marvelous things that you have deposited in their lives let the memories and the thoughts of those things be magnified that it will swallow up the thoughts of insecurity and inferiority in the name of jesus christ of nazareth as your people sleep speak to their spirits remind them of the great things that they possess and those that have to take tough decisions grant them the grace to take those tough decisions in the name of jesus christ of nazareth i pray for that person that is discouraged i pray for that person that feels inferior that by the power of the holy spirit the power of inferiority will be broken of their lives thank you lord 
that today we are experiencing a shift in our mindset and a paradigm shift in our thought pattern. Thank you, Lord, that we are better people. Take glory, Father, take glory, Son, take glory, Holy Spirit. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. In Jesus' most excellent name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen.
trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Overflow!